Three, two, one. Whoa, 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 slow down. Reach the combine? Gordon Freeman? Captain, are you oh mad? Good. How are you just talking at the same time as yourself talk? How did you have two voices oh at God. once, Alex? What <laughs> the fuck? I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> oh, really? What? <laughs> yeah, since I recorded it, anyway. I said, okay. So, like, I know you haven't played the game, but I thought surely you would have seen some of the cutscenes. Um, I've seen the old one. This is Sardonicast. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. I'm Ralph. And I'm Nick from Hunt Down the Freeman. <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring that up again. This. I wasn't expecting another one. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes in a row. Well, I was going to do that for the intro last time, but I was like, ah, the Kenny versus Spenny thing is coming out. You know, there's only like Ooh. one shot before the thing's out. Anyway. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was when the character was American. I, still, I, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Good, good, uh, good story. Sure, sure to be com- competed with by another amazing story coming out. <laughs> Chaos Walking. The trailer's finally out. We've been memeing about it for finally. a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After, I was like, really excited to watch it. 20 fucking years of delays or something. The, the second I saw it was out, I sent it to you guys. I'm like, it's out. The yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what do you think? I think it's, I mean, it, it looks promising in the way that I would want it to be, you know? Yeah, I wasn't really expecting so much of an action movie vibe. I thought this was just going to be like a Netflix movie or something. It, uh, wh- where is this going to be released? Cause it's coming I out think in January. they're trying for theaters, honestly. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's my impression. Okay, it's can... a Doug Lyman film. It reminded me of Star of Wars. And shit. Well, yeah, because Daisy yeah. Ridley's in it also. Well, Daisy Ridley and she's in space. There's like also a, a double episode. moon. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like aliens and stuff. I wasn't expecting it to be such kind of big budget affair. Like oh, yeah? Yeah. It's got Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. It's kind of like Endor. She's like scavenging. You well, know? I didn't realize the budget was going to be 100 million plus was all, but... That's how they get yeah, the budget back is. is by casting Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. You don't put them in a movie if if you're not spending a lot of money in it. On it. Yeah. Doesn't it just show how old it is, though? You know, like they probably wanted this movie out during the peak of these new Star Wars movies. With I know. Daisy Ridley on the cover and everything, but they kind of missed that one. Yeah. So, uh... And now everybody hates Star Wars, especially that trilogy. Well, the last one, the last film wasn't the best one. <laughs> it made me appreciate Last Jedi more. Um, the Jonas Brothers in it. <laughs> yeah, that was. What was that other movie he was in? Because I recognized him like that. That oh, yeah. Jonas Brother. He was in. It's like... not Dunkirk, right? That's Harry Styles. I think it was yeah. Jumanji. <laughs> I, I, I think it was one of the Jumanji, yeah, Jumanji movies. I think he was in it. Oh, yeah. Joe Manji. And then Mods Mickelson is in it. Yeah, the cast isn't bad to be honest. Yeah. Um, and neither's the premise in theory to me. Anyway, okay. with this idea that like all the blokes in the world, it's just <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like a planet with men, and all the men can like read each other's minds. But then uh, <laughs> a Ray Skywalker shows up, and no one can read her mind. No, I mean, right? yeah, it's not about reading people's minds. It's that like your thoughts just like fucking physically exist. exist outside your head and make noise. <laughs> and what was the like? There's like a part where an animal comes out of one or something. Was was that like? Oh, a... I don't know. <laughs> I I haven't. There's a book. I was quite confused by and that. And if anybody's never heard us talk about this before, the reason why I even know this film exists is because Charlie Kaufman adapted the book into the screenplay in the first draft. But it's apparently been rewritten so many times that like his name isn't even on the poster at this point. So 
Yeah. This is not going to be a Charlie Kaufman film. He might have gotten paid for it, but it's not going to be a Charlie Kaufman film. It looks like a it looks like a dumpster fire, and I'm very excited. Mm. It doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as After Earth, but it's given me a lot of the same vibes. And also remember that like when you have a trailer like this, it's like this is all their best footage they just showed us. This is like the yeah. the best footage that they showed us. Everybody has this weird sort of like lens for expectations in, in film where they see a trailer and they're like, eh, I wasn't really wowed by you know, there, there. There wasn't really anything impressive in the trailer, but the premise is interesting enough. You know, maybe some cool things could happen. Mm-hmm. No, they showed you the best. They literally showed you the best parts. That's how big <laughs> studios work, especially for comedy movies. If the trailer doesn't make you laugh once, don't go into the movie yeah. thinking like, oh, it could be funny. No, they showed the funniest parts in the trailer. Trust me. <laughs> that's how it works yeah it does look like a january movie oh yeah they knew it was going to be a january movie and they they ensured that it would be a january movie they delayed (laughs) it from january to january 2020 to 2021 before covid ruined theaters they were like we're delaying it another january we don't want to compete with like doolittle i I was i was trying to look into how many times they pushed it back a bunch it's like it was like over the course course of like at least three years i think yeah, three years, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. And like for the movie to be finished last January, like the reshoots were done, I'm pretty sure, in last January, and then they pushed it forward again. They just delayed it for no reason because it's Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. It's not usually a good sign, is it? No. And, yeah, you know, I, like with every, with so many studios doing the whole like, okay, well, there's a pandemic. Let's just release it on digital. It's like, you clearly don't think anyone's going to watch this movie anyway. You pushed it from January to January. Just fucking release it on digital. (laughs) They did the same thing with Saw Spiral. Saw coming out in like May 2021 now. It's like, you don't need to see it in theaters. Just push it on digital. There's not that many people going to theaters right now. (laughs) I don't think it'll be much different in a month and a half from now. It might be a lot worse in a month from and a half from now in the States. It might be a lot, lot worse. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. things might be closed again, so I don't expect a theater to like be showing this. Um, so they're releasing it twenty twenty one January. Yeah, so it's gonna be like okay. post so holidays COVID numbers. All the producers can write it off for <laughs> like, that year. Yeah, not not twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, they wrote off the Bruce Willis movie, the hard kill one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does look weak. That's what they do. I don't know if it's quite after Earth tier because that's something special to me. There's that, vibes that after Earth. Yeah, if Jaden Smith yeah, was yeah. in this one, then maybe. It's a higher production value, I think. Yeah. Not as much CGI, maybe. I don't know, higher production value. It's yeah, like we shot don't in the know. Forest. I don't, yeah, who knows? And it's like After Earth was like just Will Smith and just Jaden, yeah. wasn't it? It's like a good yeah. cast. No one else in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was extra humorous in that way. It looks like there'll be some goofy shit. Well, I mean, look at the poster. But Goofy's it's, fine. It's one of the worst posters I've seen in a while. But... Boring is not fine. If it's If it's just dull, then I'm not going to get into it. But if it's yeah. very goofy okay. and fun... Then, you know, for like a VOD movie, whatever. You like Goofy? Yeah. It could be a cult classic. My ex. <laughs> I'd rather it be. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got a premise at least. You know, it's got a nugget, which mm-hmm. is more than it technically know, has. It's a got premise. a good. It's got a good. The cast. presence is fucking. I mean, I don't know. You say you kind of like the presence. I, I think it looks. Well, I can see it working in book form. Yeah, exactly. I mean it, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many things that scream like, "Oh, this is this is a book." This this belongs in a book. Well, not yeah, a movie. like the, the screenshot on IMDb is like a picture of Tom Holland with all this like purple smoky goo around yeah, his head, which I suppose is supposed oh. to represent his like thoughts. Yeah, yeah, the noise. 
Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to play out. If to imagine gonna, it. Because that could really miss. <laughs> better than like actually visualizing it and yeah. having like the, yeah. you know, the actual audio of yeah. all the noise. Mads, Mads Mikkelsen's a good actor too. Oh, he is? Yeah, he is. Very much yeah. so. <laughs> I like him. I think he would be good. I'm mod about mods. I've... <laughs> Same. If they just um, embrace the goofiness of it, or kind of like I don't know if this is a good example, the last Twilight movie, the villain. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet. I've heard everybody hates that one though. (laughs) Even the fans. That's That's the best one. Yeah, Michael Michael Sheen. Oh, Michael Sheen in Twilight movies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, here's what's really funny: the official trailer uploaded on uh, the Lionsgate Movies official YouTube channel. You can see that they've included the top billed actors in here in the title. Official trailer. Daisy yeah. Ridley, Tom Holland, Nick Jonas. No mods. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in the description. Yeah. I understand He's why. He's in Spider-Man. So. Obviously, Kurt but Sutter. Huh. It's just funny. Like the most talented actor out of all of them is just like, that's not what we're advertising <laughs> yeah. here. We are not advertising great performances. We are advertising celebrity performances. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man and Ray. That's what it's about. Yeah. Do you know who Kurt Sutter is? Yeah. He's the creator of Sons of Anarchy. And, like, he's an actor, too. He's in Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. But that's weird. He's just, like, he's in it. Like, as a side part, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess he's in the acting now. Anyway, we're, we're all fucking hyped for this fucking awesome, awesome-looking movie about... Yeah. Basically, it's, like, the movie What Women Want, but it's, like, What Men Want. So you can hear what men think, and there's only one girl. I don't think it's what anyone wants. <laughs> what lame jokes are they going to make with that? Yeah, there's going to be so yeah, many. <laughs> it even starts with like that lame, like the trailer's going to start now. Three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hate that. Yeah, and every <laughs> single one that. of those titles, it's like they have all these these like flashcards basically. And they keep showing up, and every single one of them is like the most generic text possible. Let's see if I can skip to a random <laughs> one, see what it says here. Forget everything you know. <laughs> okay. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fake. It's There's like six of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they all sound <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Everything you know. <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of a stock trailer. Like, it's all the, it says the names at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just handed the footage to a trailer house and were like, just please save us and they tried their best speaking of uh forgetting everything you know uh there's some more deeps on the fucking snyder cut here (laughs) yeah let me know because i i'm out of the loop on the snyder cut (laughs) okay you guys didn't watch the new trailer no i think the trailer is irrelevant (laughs) okay is is it an actual new one or you say it's on his twitter it's black and white and it has the same music it's like the the Cohen um, Hallelujah mm-hmm. cover. We were joking right. about black and white trailer. last time, weren't we? Like, that wasn't a thing. Well, black, um, black and white films can be good. No, I was I mean, saying that with, it was, it's a ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious thing that Zack Snyder wants the Justice League to be black and white. And even so, I don't yeah. know if it's... I don't think it's actually being released that way. I think he just said in an article that he originally wanted it to be, like, black and white IMAX. Maybe he's yeah. just jerking himself off by posting that on Twitter. And right. that's not, like, an official thing. That's on his own personal Twitter, right? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on his personal Twitter. I don't think it's going to be actually black and white. But what I did find out is that he says that there's maybe four minutes of extra footage that wasn't already shot. 
Mm-hmm. Which is like hilarious because there was a whole fucking article about J- uh, Jared Leto being in the movie. So apparently he's only in it for like less than four minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're genuinely adding four minutes to it. That's what all of this hubbub yeah. was about. And four yeah, minutes. Like the rest of the four hours was apparently already shot for the original Justice League or something. So it's like, I don't know if if that movie was trimmed down to be less boring. Imagine what all the lost footage is going to be like. <laughs> like, you're not even restructuring it. You're not like rewriting it or anything. You're just literally yeah, just having adding like, scenes in. Here's what we cut from the first movie because it was too bloated. This cut's going to be better. <laughs> okay. What a bizarre project it's turned out to be. Such I was a never meme. expecting this. I was never expecting this. Tonally, it'll be a bit different than the other one. A bit less bland. I think that's like my biggest complaint with like mm-hmm. the the version we have right now is that that has no style at all. Yeah, it mm-hmm. feels like a studio like editing and music job. in every sense. Yeah, even yeah. like the color palette, it's very flat. So what we're we gonna get something closer to BVS then? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, I don't know if that's good either. I think the studio <laughs> kind of took the movie away from him and and made it different for that reason. But you know, it's just gonna go on HBO Max. We might as well see it. Mm. <laughs> like we might yeah. as well see this version <laughs> what's the worst that can happen how bad can it be yeah, at this point i mean yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'll be my first experience with it i'm very excited for to be the only person you don't want to watch the other one first no because everybody else has that experience i want to be the only person on the planet to see the snyder cut first <laughs> yeah, yeah that is funny because nobody's watching the yeah. snyder cut unless they like the original so mm-hmm I'll be the only one. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Have a unique perspective. Yeah. And I'll tweet at Armand White, being like, wah, wah, you experienced the bad <laughs> one first. I got to experience the epic Elon Musk. The one that fixes it. <laughs> one first. <laughs> Alex and I saw a film, and Ralph did not see it, but... We don't think Ralph would enjoy it anyway, so we're going to talk about it and spoil it. Um, it's called <laughs> Run. Spoil it, that's fine. Spoiler discussion for Run, Run 2020, directed by, I think the name is Angish Chaganti or something. Maybe I should look this up and not sound... Chaganti. Oh, it looks right. No, it's something close to that. Let's see. Anish Chaganti. I was right. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but I was correct in what letters were where. Uh, anyway, this is from the director of Searching. A movie that I actually really liked. Yeah, it had John Cho, and it was like, it was like the the movie that Unfriended tried to be, even though it wasn't a thriller. I mean, it wasn't like a horror slasher or anything, but it's the best pretending to be on a computer screen movie that exists, and I mm-hmm. like it for that. And it's really well written, really great uh, twists and turns. So this is the follow-up. I mean, it has nothing to do with that, but this is the director's next movie. <laughs> and uh, it's not as good. There are some things I like about it. There's some things that I don't like about it. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I definitely prefer Searching over Run. It's just something I hadn't really seen before. Actually done to good effect um, was the main thing with that movie. Whereas here, it's just it's much more standard kind of horror thriller type movie than... It is it is fun. It is enjoyable. I did enjoy my time with mm-hmm. it, but I, I can't say it's really left much of an impression on me besides the odd moment. I thought the direction was really good. Uh, it was just so much of that horror, silly stuff that kept pulling me out of it. Um, yeah. 
are we going to talk about spoilers in this yes, section? Yes, or? we got to spoil the whole thing. Yeah, because it's hard to talk about, to be honest, without going into spoilers. But the the basic premise is about a, uh, a disabled young lady basically finding out that her mum has kind of kept some secrets from her and she's homeschooled her and had complete control over her life. Yeah. And at a certain point she realizes that maybe everything isn't quite as it seemed. Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, and kind of like searching, it has its hook to keep you going. But I w- I found searching much more kind of engaging, moment to moment, um, more surprises towards the end, and it was a bit more expected with Run. I feel like I've seen this type of horror movie before, obviously, with mm-hmm. this very tropey in that way. It reminded me a bit of that. I can't remember what it was called, but a horror movie from a few years ago about the about the deaf woman. It was a similar kind of structure to that. The where, deaf you know, woman. Yeah, where she couldn't hear, so then the movie's about her, like, trapped in her house with someone, like, sneaking around the house, and mm-hmm. she can't hear it, so it's, like, scary. Don't actually scary for her. what movie that is. Hush. Hush. Yeah, Hush, okay, that's I what never it was called. That. Yeah. I was, I was um, getting, actually, kind of vibes of, like, Don't Breathe, even though it wasn't nearly as, like, yeah, fun yeah, or over I got the top bit, as I that. think it was just... Yeah, it wasn't. And it, it took itself fairly seriously. All the performances were pretty good. Yeah. And, the the characters motivations were quite strong i thought even with the more complicated kind of mother character um she she does go you know obviously to extreme lengths but at least there's some characterization to her kind of evilness it's it's not just pure black and white yeah i feel like its biggest problem for me is that it's not serious enough for me to take it completely seriously and it's not goofy enough for me to ignore that it's trying to take itself seriously like if it if mm-hmm. it steered itself further in either direction i think i would enjoy it more like if the if it was as goofy as like drag me to hell or something it doesn't have to be as like gory or anything but if it, if it had that same sort of like tone and energy I to it exaggerate. Yeah. which yeah. some scenes you could debate it does have but there's always that like lingering sort of like oh wait this is kind of also trying to take itself seriously too so it's not a you know mm-hmm. like there's some parts where it's like it feels like a popcorn like oh wow like you know yell at the screen and laugh sort of movie but mm-hmm. you don't really know if it's trying to be that at the same time yeah that would be that would be my biggest issue with it there's a lot of fucking cheese in this movie that like really did not need to be there i wrote down a couple of them when she when she finds the pill she says mom when her mom's not there and it's like okay well that's to let the audience know that it's her mom's pill yep. that she's looking at. But then in the very next scene, she confronts her mom about it and says, your name was on it. And it's like, well, okay, so you didn't need that dubbed line of like, mom, like, there's just so much extra shit there that's not needed. She stares at the pill later. She says, what the hell are you? Like all these like weird, you know, you, you can you can almost tell what they're thinking when they put that in the script and thinking like that if it's like delivered differently it might work but it just doesn't work that well yeah there were, there were a few conveniences that kept kind of rearing their head in order for the story to make sense like every time she would have kind of revealed what her mum was up to but it like she just gets interrupted or someone just stops it in time there's lots of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in there but you kind of expect that with this kind of genre but that did start kind of exhausting me towards the middle a little bit but yeah. it, it does a good job of building up the tension. There's some good scenes in there. It is kind of claustrophobic and, and small scale. For the most part. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of like misery with like, you know, people trapping each other in yeah. 
in spaces and trying to figure out how to escape the bottle type stuff. I always enjoy that kind of thing of having to outsmart the kind of trapper, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like how she just fucking steals a baby and gets away with it for (laughs) 15 years or however long. (laughs) The, the, The silliest part that pulled me out the most was the pharmacy scene. Where she yeah. manages to convince the There's pharmacist to kind of give away her sensitive information because she's a fan of like escape rooms and yeah. scavenger hunts. I love games. So she's like, oh, yeah. That was that was like the dumbest thing to me. That was the mm-hmm. the, the the major time I was kind of ripped out of the movie because that's just mm-hmm. like well, there was already a queue in the pharmacy as well, and everyone's just like conveniently leaves so the mum can deal with the situation. There's just lots of like stuff like that, but yeah. Overall, I did I did enjoy it more than mm-hmm. I didn't, to be honest. Um, I, I found it enjoyable because it, it's not very long. It, yeah, it, it gets it hits all the beats you kind of want and expect from this type of movie, but I'm just not going to remember it. Exactly. I feel like I'm going to be like, oh yeah, this is a movie, and like a year from now, I'll see the poster. I'll be like, oh yeah, I watched that. Mm. <laughs> you know. What did you think of the leads? They were. I mean, they weren't amazing they were good there was nothing mm-hmm. bad about their performances i think sarah paulson does a pretty good job carrying it as the yeah mother. she's the better actor but they were both serviceable for what what they were doing she's a very good actor i think yeah yeah don't have a whole lot to say about it just wanted to mention it and how we felt about it check it out maybe it's on hulu i guess it's really cheesy and dumb but not <laughs> the worst experience ever <laughs> just one more note i have when she fucking pulls out her cane at the end and the sound effect they added <laughs> like fucking christ there's so much yeah if they just there, there's there's tiny things they could have done to make this not as like stupid of a movie and make it mm-hmm. not feel like it's just trying to appeal to like dumb people in ways you know yeah and it is frustrating when it's when it can't find its footing that way, but it also does have kind of its moments of clear inspiration and mm-hmm. brilliance. Like yeah. it, he's clearly a talented director. I really it's want really to see well this shot. guy direct something that um, maybe he didn't write or have a go writing. Yeah. It's just, it's just a fresh project just to see what he can do. It's him and someone else that wrote it, and it's the same two that wrote Searching. Sev Ohanian, mm. Ohanian or whatever. Yeah, I would like to see more from this director. He clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, who knows what genre I would like to see him tackle. But, I mean, yeah, the film was really well shot. It looked nice. It had some good movement to it. Oh, yeah, that fucking stupid twist also. That's annoying. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, check it out if you want. Definitely check out Searching. Searching is awesome. And I'm giving this one a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd probably give this a 3 star. Mm -hmm. Just 3 star out of 5. Sounds about right. I haven't seen it, but maybe I won't. Do you want to see it, Ralph, from uh, what we're saying? Maybe you should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Hulu. It's if you have watch. Hulu, you can just skim through it if you want. Yeah, I got Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a movie that was recommended last by... episode by somebody. By me. Yep. <laughs> by a very naked me. When I recommended it, I was naked. Oh, you really? Guys know that? I could, <laughs> I, could, I could tell. I've got the ear for that. <laughs> so, yeah, spoilers for a 93's Naked. Uh, directed by Mike Lee. So the, ma- the the story of this movie is basically, before we go into the discussion, it's mostly about David Thewlis, one of my favorite actors, one of my underrated actors. 
is the lead, and he plays a, a northerner who travels down to London, um, and kind of a, he's he's homeless and bounces around uh, from person to person, um, from like ex girlfriends and just strangers he meets, kind of exposing all different aspects of London and uh, class differences and the grayness in the relationships between city life and the north and the south it has a hell of a lot going for it and a hell of a lot going on um and it doesn't really have a straight up plot per se it is more about the acting and the the dialogue and the kind of themes that overarch and yeah this has always been recommended to me because of my like for david thulis mm-hmm. and you can see why this movie kind of propelled him propelled his his career into what it is now you might know him from harry potter or uh, big lebowski or oh what does he do in harry potter yeah i haven't he's seen that movie in forever he's the werewolf so. in harry potter the werewolf he's, uh, okay he's the werewolf character yeah he's the recurring like teacher character and which is odd because there's a werewolf line in this movie oh yeah he refers to himself as a werewolf in hells which mm-hmm. I that's funny was quite which that tickled me he's very good in the movie he's very good Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, what do we think? What was our impressions? This is all our first viewings of it, right? Um, yeah, none of us mm-hmm. are familiar with uh, this film. I think I watched the wrong movie. I watched Naked 2017 with Marlon Wayans on Netflix. No, I'm just joking. Oh, maybe I should have um, recommended that. <laughs> somebody made a joke in the subreddit saying, Here, here's the recommendation <laughs> for the next episode. And some people thought it was serious. I had to tag it as satire. Oh, how yeah, angry were they at me? You, like, when you Google it, yeah. yeah. Like, Naked, oh, Marlon yeah. Wayans, 36 Metascore. More people have probably seen that version. <laughs> yeah, sorry uh, if you're confused on the podcast, thinking we were talking about a Marlon Wayans movie. <laughs> pause and watch the real one <laughs> and come one back. <laughs> yeah, it's. I agree with your assessment. It's very much like a performance piece. Uh, the plot is... There are so many times in this movie where I was thinking like, the fuck is going on not like i not like it was difficult to understand what was literally happening for the going? most part but just yeah. like what is this dynamic here between like the, the people and mm-hmm. you know a lot a lot of events in this film that it was just like what the fuck but i really enjoyed it overall and that's something i loved about it and i i agree that it's a really great performance piece have either of you seen any other mike lee films unfortunately not no i've no? um I've had Secret and Lies and uh, was it Mr. Turner, I think, on my watch list, but never got yeah. around to actually watching them. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I saw Happy Go Lucky and Another Year, and I enjoyed both of them. My rating for Another Year is higher than Happy Go Lucky, but I remember less about it. Happy Go Lucky was like mostly just like a performance vessel for like Sally Hawkins, basically, is what I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that this one's my favorite out of the three that I've seen, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Ralph? I, I loved it too. Yeah, I thought it was really great. <laughs> um, it's mainly about like that, just like this kind of pathetic character and this his cycle of abusive relationships, and it's kind of you know funny, comedic. I think you're, you're definitely not supposed to um, see it as a tragedy the entire time, but it is very tragic. It's like, dark. It's just, nihilistic. Yeah, yeah, it's very dark and nihilistic. And this character, like, yeah, having that nihilistic attitude, just kind of where that leads you in life, just like always being so negative, is it's just kind of like 
he's just obnoxious. Like, he's talking to that guy on the street, and the guy fucking kicks him. Like, he's so fucking obnoxious and negative. He's so cynical, yeah. And yeah. he's always kind of parading around his thoughts. That he, that he can't have, like, a, a positive relationship with anyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but there's also... The way they kind of imply his history through just moments of him showing like vulnerability or just the the way he reacts and responds to people mm-hmm. like uh, when he first goes into the, the building with a guard at night and he kind of drops his bag and cause he thinks he's going to be attacked because he's so used to just like grief and turmoil basically he's he's a yeah. damaged character right. for lack of a better but word. he's very he's, funny because i don't know he has a lot of good sayings that you know a lot of things he's, he's very intelligent true, but it's like how far are you going to take this mindset like yeah everything's a structure everything's a construct like you're gonna mm-hmm. like run around go ahead well, he's go a conspiracy house to house. theorist too yeah go house to house like just smoking cigarettes all the time and live no life like <laughs> it's like crazy well, yeah the, i mean yeah. this is the kind of character we're talking about it it basically opens on him raping someone and then mm-hmm. fleeing and that's that's his motivation for going to london so you're starting a character at that point so it's it's shocking you ever even accept the grayness you know beyond because i didn't leave the the movie like hating him he's definitely a flawed person that has done horrible things but i think the movie does a good job of exploring the kind of gray area with with the people that live in these cities and you know the the relationships that and the disconnect people have between each other and how mm-hmm. it manifests when you put them in these strange situations like London. <laughs> yeah, in all the, the uh, characters are interesting. A post-Thatcher okay. London, I think, is a big part of it, with just yeah. one of the most hated politicians in the UK um, hmm. just coming out of power. So yeah. that had a big effect, I think, on just the kind of attitudes and the just the the feeling coming out of London from the time. But that, that's why one of my major takeaways was just the movie being about just the, the divide, the division between people and how like connecting can be so, can be so difficult based on so many different factors, be it there's the, the whole North and South of England kind of mm-hmm. conflict that uh, the movie explores with how the North kind of typically doesn't get on with the city folk and there's clashes there and how, you know, people in the city stereotypically can be kind of more distant and all this kind of stuff. But then on top of that, there's also the huge kind of misogynist side of the movie, the differences between men and women that way. Division between the classes too, with the uh, the many homeless characters featured in the movie. And then on top of that, the contrasting with the kind of landlord fella, the disgusting landlord gentleman. Yeah. And it, it basically covers all all aspects all kind of variety of of city life and well just life in general to be honest and and just the effects that can have on someone and the existential kind of themes that come with the intelligence that the main character has because he's always as you said ralph he's like everything's a structure and he's like tearing it all down but to what good you know his life is still he's still on the streets and he can't he can't do himself any favors really he keeps digging it deeper Never showers the entire movie and still manages to get laid. But... I can't think. That's what I can't think. <laughs> he's got some charm, I guess. So great. <laughs> yeah, he's got his. <laughs> he's got something. It's a different time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah, I found it like very strange to open up the movie with the rape scene sort of thing. Not only just for like a character attribute, but also tone, because the first genre listed on imdb is comedy i guess perhaps they don't specify comedy and dark comedy on imdb maybe they do maybe they don't 
But I was yeah, like, wow, this doesn't seem like a comedy. fucking comedy. Yeah. And especially the, the tone of the music. Really good music mm. in the film. Really repetitive, but it doesn't like it doesn't get annoying yeah. at least. It's it's got purpose to its repetition. Yeah, I feel like without the music, all of the other elements of the film would still work great independently but they wouldn't work all that great together i feel like the music really glues the experience together in this film and that's Mm. not an insult to the film itself like i said the individual elements are all fantastic separately but it would be so bizarre as like a single piece without the music tying things together i don't know if yes you agree it's it's interesting you guys comment on the comedy aspect because I didn't see that on IMDb that it was supposed to be comic in in any yeah, way. Apparently, yeah. So when I <laughs> yeah when I saw it after, I was like, oh, like I guess it kind of is. Like it is a dark comedy, and there's it's definitely it's mostly humor. in the dialogue. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but it seems so kind of realistic in the way all the humor comes from just quips and observations from mm-hmm. certain characters and just the way they interact with each other. It's not a comedy in in the sense that there are jokes. It's still all in service of like a dramatic character and a mm-hmm. set of characters and the way they entangle with each other which is the which is the good way to do that kind of humor and it wouldn't be doing the north justice without you know the that sense of humor that uh, david thewis has in the movie mm-hmm. um and did you guys read anything about the the way they kind of constructed the the, the script on no. this one because i was i was quite um intrigued by the way they did it so it appears that the director kind of got the actors together and kind of forced them to stay in character every time they, they they interacted and almost like worked together on the script to flesh out the characters with the actors and the backstories and everything and kind of go from there so it has this kind of improvised realistic feel to it even though only one or two scenes i think had like improv in it um properly but okay it, it just gives this really fleshed out kind of it adds a lot to their performances. I, I really felt like they knew each other, and the, mm-hmm. their dyna- dynamics were were set in stone. And it just felt very real in that way, very authentic. Them going to the pub, they're always smoking. Very. Th- this is a claustrophobic movie too, and uses small spaces in quite an efficient way too. Because m- most mm-hmm. most scenes are like just inside a house or a like a flat an yeah. apartment. It's not. Yeah. There's, it's not jumping around at all, but it is just about placing these characters in a room together. Mm. Very drab colors. It's like all yeah. very pale. Yeah. Yeah, and just seeing where it goes because there is just inherent drama. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, with it opening on a rape <laughs> scene, him fleeing, going to his ex who hasn't seen him for years or whatever, and then the this uh, landlord fella. Yeah. Who I, when I originally <laughs> saw, I, I read like the the back or whatever of the the case, and it said the the story was parallel tales of two sexually obsessed I know, men. Right? It's not a good description of this movie because I don't I don't think that landlord character he's he's crucial to the story, but he's not he's not like the one of the main focuses. Yeah. I don't think it doesn't. He's a contrast really for sure. Explore him very much. No, he's and he's probably the most one note character in terms of yeah. showing any greatness he's kind of just evil and he's supposed to be evil and that's what he's supposed to represent is that kind of detached grossness that comes with you know people like that and how mm-hmm. intense that can mm-hmm. be his line when he said i'm gonna kill myself when i'm 40 years old that was yeah. pretty funny like that was, do you, you want say, to grow up i'm gonna commit su- <laughs> yeah he was he was disgusting i'm gonna commit suicide on my 40th birthday yeah like yeah, yeah whatever he said 
so the tr- the tone of it reminded me of train spotting kind of like that kind of comedic mm, yeah spud is literally in the movie too <laughs> yeah exactly I was gonna say, he's also in wonder woman and, and yeah black yeah. hawk down like he was oh, really yeah, I good thought i recognized them yeah <laughs> there's lots of good kind of bit characters because as he kind of journeys through the night he, he goes into all sorts of d- David Thewlis, this is, he winds up with all sorts of different characters. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite being the security guard, which, which apparently yeah, with all of that, yeah, that whole sequence all came from improv, apparently. Oh, really? They were just, yeah, they were just Shoot working for like, like eight hours or something and they managed to work it down into okay. this really thought provoking sequence. I really liked that whole. You know, guarding the the empty rooms and this like anarchist kind of guy coming in and being like, "Your life sucks." Yeah, <laughs> like having to think about that is sad. And I don't know. Again, that made me think of just because it's been on my mind recently. Because I'm rewatching it, like Mr. Robot with Tyrell mm-hmm. and his kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the mad yeah. businessman type thing, and it's criticizing that whole side of where, where that thinking can go. Um, uh, the rapist character, the other rapist character, reminded me of uh, him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of Tyrell. Yeah, I liked that sequence a lot, and I liked the Spud guy, <laughs> the guy with the tick. <laughs> my guy. Yes. I like that. Yes. that sequence a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are probably my two favorite parts of the movie. Which, mm. without those two sequences, the movie would feel less purposeful. Even though those two sequences are the most detached from the central story of, you know, him and the rapist and the two Mm -hmm. girls and, you know, but I feel like those two sequences tie the movie together the best, despite them (laughs) literally just feeling like a detour in a way. It's like, I I feel like if you wrote this movie on paper, it almost feels like it shouldn't work. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. bizarre and it's very unique. I think the approach makes it work. Yeah. Just the dedication to, kind of being you know more realistic and accurate and having a clear goal of what they were yeah it's strange and dank and creepy and it doesn't make you feel good it's not this isn't a movie with a happy ending (laughs) you know they propose a happy ending almost to the main character but he rejects it in order to kind of keep running as it were yeah there's a lot of weird a lot of weird shit. I actually wasn't even confident that the uh, landlord was actually the landlord. I thought he was just lying for a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do you not I know who your landlord too. is? Also, like that was weird. He just like got into the apartment. So he talks with like a much more kind of like sophisticated British accent, if that's what I can call it. Oh, the uh, the creepy landlord guy. Yeah, he talks a bit more like. Uh, yeah he speaks with like the queen's english yeah yeah yeah. and then what would you call the the rest of the the characters in the flat uh two of them uh have northern accents northern Um, okay yeah and the the woman with the kind of black the skinnier woman Mm -hmm. she was like a londoner yeah yeah the way she talked reminded me a bit of like marcia from spaced all right Mm -hmm. right yeah 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 it's from the same yeah. Same place, basically. So yeah, really good performances in this movie too, and yeah, David Thewlis was like not really heard of before this movie to a yeah, large. I think it put him on degree. the map, didn't it? Yeah, I don't know uh, what Mike Lee was doing before this movie. Really, I didn't look it up. I think he worked on on stage actually. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, this is... I'd, I'd have to, you know, double-check, but I'm pretty sure he directed plays. Mm-hmm. I found the dialogue to be very, um, <clears throat> very theatrically written, if that makes sense. Um, n- not just He's because... He's a theatrical character. Yeah, exactly. So, like, not just because of, like, the scale of most of the film just being dialogue, but, like, the way that the dialogue is written feels very much like I'm kind of, like, watching a one-act or something. There's a lot of intent to every word, in a sense. Mm -hmm. The quippy dialogue is so rapid-fire, it actually kind of reminded me of, like, Xavier Renegade Angel, obviously going for different... (laughs) Like, that's just all... That's, like, just 100% puns the show and going for a much more goofy crazy weird dude bro weed lmao tone but Mm -hmm. i feel like in terms of like just how jam-packed the script was with just (laughs) all these little quips and funny funny remarks it reminded me of it in that way it's just like wow this is just bam 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 it doesn't stop yeah and some of them are are really funny actually like i I like to the, someone had uh, Ireland, a map of Ireland on their wall, and he called it like a damp patch and stuff like that. It's, it's just a, <laughs> a clever, witty character, but it, he is a bit much for the for the people he's actually interacting with. You mm-hmm. know, he's fun to watch on screen, but yeah. you can it's understand great for the why. Yeah, yeah, it's great for the audience, but you wouldn't want to really deal with this guy if he happened to turn his brain onto you. Because I mean, it gets him beaten up a couple times in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He has he the has really good posters. Lines. <laughs> oh, the the part where he gets beaten up in the alleyway is really funny. Like the second the kids come into frame, mm-hmm. you're like, I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be fucking. Like just the way that was presented was very memorable. And yeah, the line he had was like, "You had the universe explained to you, and now you're so bored, and you need things like blinking toys and flashing yes. this and whatever." Like that was such a great line, and he has so mm-hmm. many great lines like that. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, how kind of jaded he is <laughs> to life. And just kind of bored. He's very cynical. Uh Uh-huh. I also liked the consistency with which the dialogue was written specifically for his character. It's not like... I feel Mm. like almost even in some like Quentin Tarantino movies where there's a lot of like philosophical um, conversation dialogue coming from multiple characters, the characters all start to sound like each other. Like you could exchange their dialogue and it sounds like it's like the same person almost. But... The way that this was written, especially for David Thewlis, or perhaps maybe more so the way it was performed, maybe there was a bit of ad lib in there. Um, a lot of the sentences would would end with the same phrase. You know what I mean? You know, like every that that would that mm-hmm. those words. You know what I mean? Would show up every I don't know tenth sentence or something. And so it's like that level of consistency really helped bring the character to life because everybody has those. Weird yeah. things. I say, you know, <laughs> a lot. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I edit my own those. audio all the time. I'm well aware of my own little. <laughs> oh yeah, r- we repet- probably know more than repetitions <laughs> than best. Um, yeah. One thing that was curious to me in reading about this movie and its reception at the time, there was a bit of controversy regarding the kind of misogynist stuff in the movie. Not uh, Suzanne Moore from The Guardian actually criticized the female characters whose lives Johnny routinely ruins. What sort of realism is this to show a misogynist and surround him with such walking doormats has the effect intentional or not of justifying this behavior. And uh, 
I'm not sure I really agree with that. I never really felt like the movie was endorsing him or saying this was a yeah. good thing. I thought it was more just holding up a mirror like the shit's kind of <laughs> the part you don't want to see, you know? You got your cutie comedy you can go and watch, you know, that's got a happy ending and whatnot. It's supposed to be the antithesis of that and show like the the, the shit people don't want to see, don't want to talk about. Yeah, it's the last part I would disagree with is that it's endorsing it. I don't think it's endorsing it. Yeah. I would argue I if I if I were to guess why um feminist journalists would be upset at the movie, my guess would have been that like there's a rape at the beginning of the movie and then you, the dialogue of that character is then written so comedically that you're supposed to like yeah. empathize with him in mm-hmm. some way. That would have been my guess, not just like mm-hmm. oh you know, they're women character that are treated like doormats and the movie's endorsing it. I don't think the movie's endorsing that. Whether or not the character has quippy dialogue or is relatable in any way. But also the strongest character in the movie is a is a woman. Uh, one of his flatmates, mm-hmm. the one who stands up against the the landlord mm-hmm. and she Holds kinda, a knife she's, term, yeah. she's consistent and you oh, know, she's a, a good scene. person. Yeah. yeah. Was. That was a great scene. Unzip your fly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like legit terrified she was just going to stab him in the balls. Okay. <laughs> I got like a really visceral reaction out of that. Everything involving that rapist character, character I got an extremely visceral reaction out of. Yeah. Like that was same. high emotions He's anytime so he was on screen. I was like infuriated most of the he time. He made the main character much more likable. Yeah, I guess yeah. so, right? Which is why he was there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's kind of funny. The main character was kind of more torn. You know, where he was, he kind of loved all the shit he was doing. Yeah. That landlord character, he was into it. I still think the main mm-hmm. character is a gigantic asshole, though. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of the movie where, like, it's so clear that he, either that he gets off on, like, manipulating those two, or that he's just so detached from them that he doesn't care, or... Do you know what I mean? Because, like, he... He's he, clearly a shit star, yeah. He, like, yeah. He goes in and wants to cause problems especially yeah, that scene where like the she's like watching tv and he just shuts it off like an asshole and then mm-hmm. girl with the black hair is like trying to get his attention then he kisses like his ex and then he like walks to the other room like he's got a fucking stick up his ass and she's like don't you want to have a drink with me and he's like why don't you go outside and have a fucking drink and then she's like what and then then he gets mad and then he wants to leave but he doesn't want her to follow and he's not giving like any clear signals for like what mm-hmm. she can do to like not make him pissed off and he's just pissed off and it's just like damn yeah he's i think the main character is a gigantic asshole despite there being scenes where i really enjoy watching his character as like a character study thing i just like seems like a very toxic fucking person regardless of whether or not he's a uh, damaged you know I think everybody's mm-hmm. fucking damaged in some way. Yeah, true. He, he is just straight up a, <laughs> a bad person. He's not someone to like, you know, relate to yeah. in that way. He's he is more. If if you do catch yourself relating to him, I think it's more so you can be like, oh Christ, I'm relating to this guy. Yeah, maybe. It, there's like a kind of religious thing going with his character, where he, he's obviously he's obsessed with the Bible and the apocalypse. He thinks the apocalypse is going to occur in '99 um, for the millennium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, I was reading this this take where people have this theory that he's either like the angel or the devil, and he's like jumping from one to the other and like mixing between them or that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I can kind of see that in ways. But yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested guess, in yeah. 
reading up on uh, some like interpretations of this movie because it seems like there is some intent there. It seems like it's not just like random conversations. The movie. Oh no! But I, you know, I didn't, I didn't delve into it too far. Been busy with other stuff. So, if anybody has any uh, interpretations of the film, you can post in the comments section. As long as you say the word spoilers at the beginning of your comment, please do, and I'll read some yeah. of them later. Like a spoiler discussion thread. Yeah, do that. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, in the YouTube comments. Yeah. Oh well, like on the Reddit too. Sure. Why not? A lot of bizarre shit in this movie, and I love how they brought back the. Uh, <laughs> the roommate that was like in Africa or something. I love how she yes. does show. Yeah, back that was at a great end. part of the movie. Sandra, I think. Yeah, and then he tries, you know, hooking up with her too. But apparently, they were fucking before the movie. Is the impression I got? Yeah. Yeah, but even after this whole like he he cuddles with like the the one like normal nice girl in that whole house, and it's like he's finally gonna have a normal relationship, and then he like wants to hook up with her, and then he just runs out again. <laughs> it's like for me, it was just like I don't know, I just got the movie. I just very oh, yeah, clearly got what him, it was sorry. about. Yeah, the Daniel Thewlis or David. Yeah, it was just very David Thewlis. Yeah, yeah. David Thewlis. It was just very clear what it was about. Like, I'm like, oh, the, the cycle of abuse, how he just keeps getting into these relationships and just, he, he just um, ruins them, like, almost intentionally. Like, he can't help himself. And it seems like he has some kind of history of abuse or, like, maybe mm-hmm. an abusive relationship in his past that, like, hurt him so much. that, And he has, like, these, like, I guess, seizures. Like, he starts, mm-hmm. like, convulsing on the floor. And I'm not sure if it's like a medical condition or yeah. like some kind of like mm. traumatic, like he's reliving some yeah, traumatic thing. I assume thing. that was from when he was smacking his head into the wall. He also yeah. coughs a lot in the movie to the point where it's mm-hmm. clearly He has like these violent tics that he's like, and yeah. he even takes out like he, these well, violent yeah. actions on the, the people too. I mean, like his costume his design and his kind of facial hair and everything and his, his unkempt kind of look does add to the character a lot. He's got such a, like mm-hmm. a physical presence and he uses his body in quite a physical way too like when the when he's angry at the the poster mm-hmm. guy for beating him up like he tries to kick the back of the car and, and goes for like yeah. a bin he's he, he has a back. hard time like controlling his impulses yeah like that that scene when he's screaming on the street was like yeah. really that was really good acting mm-hmm. like that, yeah, that, that part where he gets the shit kicked out and really stands out to me especially since it was so long that take yeah that where he's putting up the like canceled things and <laughs> yeah. on the like the posters on the brick wall and whatever yeah there was a lot of like allegorical stuff going on with that too i want to watch the movie again because i feel like there's just so much stuff in the framing in the background that that mm. has significance to like the story yeah i, I think i i would uh likely enjoy it more on a next watch second watch Mm -hmm. not that i didn't enjoy it this time but i did feel because of how atypically structured the film is especially there was a point i think right before the david thewlis shows back up at the apartment at the end like right before that when it was whichever scene was before that i think it was just like the two girls and the rapist the other the rapist rapist uh, <laughs> yeah, they're both kind of rapists. Multiple rapists yeah. to choose from here. It was around there where the movie was like kind of losing me a bit, just because I was like, I didn't know where it was going or when it was ending or like what like piece this part was in, in the greater picture. But then pretty shortly after, it won me back. It wasn't very long that I felt like kind of out of yeah, it. Yeah, but... for me, it was always a where is this going? Not a where is this going? You yeah, I mean? yeah, I get that. 
Did you find that his diatribe about like evolution to be quite interesting? Because this was like before mobile phones and the the internet and everything, and he's talking about this kind of hive mind removed from our like bodies and stuff. And I just thought that was an interesting observation, considering where mm-hmm. we are now, mm-hmm. nearly thirty years later, and how every now and again he says something that's correct, which makes it extra. <laughs> When the conspiracy theorist is saying things that are like, oh, that's an interesting kind of comment and mm-hmm. it is an, a fun dynamic to It, it gets around. you to think about the world in a new way. Yeah. It, yeah. It's very it's interesting. It's a very good movie yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, that's what any conspiracy theorist, that's why they're interesting. Is because yeah. you go, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not that it's always true. But <laughs> that discussion wasn't necessarily like a new idea for me, but if no. I had watched it when I was like, teenage maybe i think it would have had a a bigger impact on me not to say that it had no impact on me i'm glad it was in the movie i liked it it was a cool discussion i like i like that those things are being discussed even if it's not like giving me an epiphany at that moment Mm -hmm. yeah it was more the time frame it was coming from exactly so like i I imagine that it mean that would mean a lot to someone watching it is what i'm saying yeah yeah i think it fits with the character too like the fact that he always talks in that way like because he's so just like pathetic and Mm -hmm. reminds me of matthew mcconaughey's character in true detective he has very long monologues about like yeah you know like life is meaningless and it's all a circle and he's like (laughs) yeah yeah like really nihilistic but that's just i think that's the way those people are they're just Mm -hmm. so like caught up in their own misery it's just a type of person yeah Mm -hmm. And I like that the movie keeps it vague as to what his past was. Yeah, I'm really glad mm-hmm. about that. It lets you imprint that. And it doesn't It doesn't ask you to feel sorry for him. It's not about what happened for him. Obviously, his actions are horrible and the way he treats uh, women is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's about exploring like that kind of person, how really pathetic they are. <laughs> you know, even the other guy, the other rapist. He's like a like a more societal society accepting version. Yeah. Where like he you know, he he puts on a show. He's basically a sociopath. He puts on a show mm-hmm. like for for people to get what he wants, and then once he gets women in the room, he like yeah. It's they're abusive as shit. Yeah, and that goes back to the the class struggle too, obviously. There's that scene with where David Thewlis accidentally goes into the kind of posh cab thing with the driver. He gets mm-hmm. mistaken for the, the wrong guy, and then the driver kicks him out as soon as he realizes that it's not the actual guy. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Feeding I think to that idea. I think I'm getting I'm getting some uh, interpretations about it right now that you mentioned the, the you tied it back into the class struggle thing. You know, it's pretty fucking mm. fitting that there's like a rich landlord that's literally raping his tenants. Yeah, like that's a way to look yeah, at exactly. it. Yeah, huh. exactly. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think I probably subconsciously <laughs> pick things up that you guys might not as well. Yeah, with it being set in London exactly, and the North too. and everything, like I'm just more mm-hmm. connected to it. Mm-hmm. So I might just pick things up I don't even notice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did either of you have like a favorite line from the film? There's so many to choose from. I only wrote down one of them, <laughs> but yeah, I only recalled that one. But there were a few lines that made me laugh. The the one about you know. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I said it before. <laughs> um, we're not important. We're just a crap idea. Mm-hmm. I liked his whole diatribe about that. Yeah, yeah. that was good. <laughs> like a bad omelet. The bad omelet, like, 
all that was good. Oh, yeah. I loved when um, he mm. asked the, the security guard, did you make these sandwiches yourself? And he, just, <laughs> and he says, yeah. He's like, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's... Um, and the insecurity guard quip as well. With how quickly all of these quippy joke lines are coming from David Thewlis, part of the reason why it reminds me of Xavier Renegade Angel is because they, they're coming so fast that... If you watch the movie a second time, you're going to notice jokes that you didn't the first time because they're all just like a lot of them are just so deadpan. You don't realize that it's there and you're still thinking about the last line and, you know, you don't have enough time to react. Mm -hmm. One of the lines that I really liked was uh, been walking up the streets all night. My my feet are on their last legs. You know what I mean? (laughs) uh (laughs) Feet on their last legs. Yeah, he was one of those where he's like always got something to say he's always got a quip prepared it seems yeah. like he's got his his script almost you know like there are people like that they've got their their the way they approach like every interaction he kind of he's has literally living in the future down to a he's like he knows what's coming he's yeah. like a prophet well, yeah in his own way almost well, that was part of it too wasn't yeah. it with that security guard exactly. talking about his future yeah. his perfect future to distract himself from his present and David yeah. Thewlis is just like, you've got to live in the moment. It's pointless living in the future or the past. You've got to live in the now because the now is like, you know, as long as you're not experiencing something bad, it's all right compared to the possibilities of the past or the future. But now is in the past, man. It's not now anymore. Now's in the past. Fuck. Now's in the past. You listening, we're, you're in the past. Wait, no, they're in the future. We're in the past. Dude, pass the bug. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I get confused because... There's, there is like weed in the movie, but I think they call it dope. Oh. yeah, dope. Dope is, is a, dope, a general uh, like term for literally any drug. Yeah. You can use the word dope what, what for about? any drug. Why dope? I don't know. Because it makes you dopey. Yeah. I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If someone if, if someone offers you dope, don't <laughs> you have to be, yes, don't take ask it. them yeah, to be more specific. Which, which dope? <laughs> yeah. So what what dope is this, good sir? <laughs> or madam yeah very very strong film very strong visually shot by mm-hmm. a man named dick pope <laughs> he, he, great job. he shot bernie and a movie called legend with uh tom hardy two tom oh. hardys that's why that's why oh, I that one okay yeah i love the look of this film i thought it was very visually strong and there was a lot going on to like even though it was just a lot of dialogue there was a lot going on to mm-hmm. keep my eyes like, yeah, was wanting notable. to watch it yeah and like you said uh on audio level lots of like chaotic dialogue and scenes like very rapid paced it's just a very interesting movie like it does mm-hmm. so much even though it's very limited scale i thought it was great yeah well, i watched it after um watching run and uh-huh. yeah. there's just nothing left of of run in my <laughs> mind like this really took over all the real estate i'm afraid yeah yeah, it's very memorable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie we talked about called, like, Short Bus, I believe. It mm-hmm. explored sex- sexuality as well, mm-hmm. and that was a comedy. And I feel like this was a little more subtle. I found it a bit funnier. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the darker tone of it, too. That reminded me of Train Spotting. Maybe I think British people are funnier. <laughs> 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 like, the accent, like, spud and, like, all that shit. Yeah. It added a little layer to it. And that the grime, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, an extra layer of grime to the whole film that made it more interesting. I'd probably give it like uh, what, a 9 out of 10 or 4.5 out of 5. Cool. I'm pretty much with you, Ralph, to be honest. Though I- I'd give this a 9 for now or a 4.5 star. Um, 
could go up there on a rewatch, and I do want to watch this again. I, I got a lot out of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving this one an 8 out of 10. Nice. It was great. I'd like to see it again. I got the Criterion Blu-ray, so I can watch it whenever the fuck I want. Same. Mike Lee. Bam. It looks like Lay, like if you look at his name. Oh, did I say it wrong? I know. I, there's some names that are just... spellings where I just didn't yeah. know. But, but it is Lee. Yeah. It is Lee. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It is Lee. It's dumb. In other news, there's uh, Megan is Missing is having a resurgence on TikTok. <laughs> Explain. It's, uh, it's back. It's like the number five rented movie on like fucking YouTube movies or some shit. I forget what somebody posted. Somebody tagged me in it. It was like Google movies or I don't know. There's like a tag for Megan is Missing on TikTok and it has like fucking hundreds of millions of views on this tag but why like 800 million what about it why because because it's a movie that young and stupid people think is real oh <laughs> god damn it <laughs> is that really it that has a lot to do with it is they think it's real despite the acting and uh a lot of other inconsistencies and I think it's real. A lot of uh, a lot of TikTok, tick TikToks of people crying. You can't TikTok the whole movie though, right? No, yeah, they're not like TikToking scenes from the movie. Like the the hashtag for it is basically just like a bunch of seventeen year olds crying, saying the movie scarred them for life. Is <laughs> like hashtag me before I watch Megan is missing hashtag after I watch <laughs> Megan is missing see I'm crying now and it's not like a meme joke thing no the dislike bar in my review is uh, increasing oh. uh, I'm getting a lot of funny comments <laughs> of people angry at me for making fun of a movie that's supposedly real when it's not saying that I'm like disrespectful to like the victims <laughs> when it's just it's not real <laughs> that's hilarious Amanda the Jedi hopped in. She yes. made a review of it recently. It was very entertaining. Yeah, there's like a bunch of reaction videos. To it. It's funny how certain things just get a, a second life, a second wind, because of social media. Yep. You just never would expect it. Megan is missing explained and plot breakdown. Wow. It is my second most viewed video in the past 48 hours, <laughs> and it has been like all week, my Megan is missing thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had that happen for um, one of Shane Dawson's movies recently when he went through oh, yeah? that drama. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> not cool. That movie. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, it was that mm-hmm. one. That was a... Yeah. Internet algorithms yeah. are very interesting. It's just how the economy works. Mm-hmm. The internet economy. It's what anyway. people want to watch. Yeah, they want to watch very poorly acted torture porn films that they get very emotionally invested in for some reason. What's weird is like a lot of this argument is like, you can't make fun of this movie. It's trying to draw attention to a real issue. But like half an hour of the movie is literally just torture porn shit. It's literally like the found footage shit at the end of the movie is like, she's getting buried in a hole and she's made to eat out of a dog bowl. And so much of it is just like so unnecessary and stupid. It's like the movie itself isn't really respectful to the subject mm-hmm. it's covering. Yeah, it's so just gratuitous. Why are you getting me- mad at yeah. me about it? <laughs> it's gratuitous and, and tasteless. Yeah, with a with a budget, <laughs> very very low budget. It's got everything TikTokers love. <laughs> everything TikTok. Is that what they're called? TikTokers. <laughs> TikTokers. I, I guess know. so. I thought Ralph, you, you just said you made an that. account, right? Yeah. Am I a TikToker? 
Ralph the TikTok. I mean, you you have an account. Do you use it? That was like no, two months ago. No, I haven't ago, made least. a I haven't made a clip on it, but I have it. Yeah. Okay. You don't use it. No. Okay. I got well, some followers so from Sardonicast. <laughs> yeah, I got hit up. So thanks for the followers, guys. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, maybe I'll post something eventually. You can post yourself right now. Make a TikTok. <laughs> what, like behind the scenes Sardonicast and then they'll hear you Sardonicast say live. what you're saying right now in a TikTok. Yeah, we can watch Megan is Missing live. Oh, yeah, I should do like a <laughs> Megan is Missing. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, do a Megan is Missing reaction on TikTok. Like a reaction. Like, oh my god, exploit the hashtag. So oh, please, please yeah. do that. <laughs> I'm literally shaking right now. Literally <laughs> <laughs> shaking. Let's head over to the question segment then. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit where there'll be a suggestion thread. You can ask whatever you like. Adam needs a haircut. It's going to start us off. Fuck this uh, <laughs> I kind of do. I haven't had it cut since January, but it's past my nipples now. <laughs> Go on. Are there any good movies that have bad scripts? Alternatively, are there any bad movies that have good scripts? It's it's hard because you have to read the script too to really determine that. <laughs> True. Yeah. There's a movie called The Man from Earth that if it didn't have the script, it would be a bad movie. But because of the script, it's a pretty fun, good movie. It's from one of the writers of the original Star Trek series. Oh. And so there's a lot of like really philosophical science fiction stuff going on in the dialogue and the story is just very very interesting and it gets you to think about what's happening plot-wise. It's like it, you're creating a lot of the story in your own brain. It it helps you think of things just like a good book might, you know. Mm. But the acting's not great. It doesn't look great visually, like really TV like mm-hmm. fucking 2008 like shitty looking TV <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. quality <laughs> and the soundtrack's super cheesy. There's some moments that are just like really awkward, but the script's so good that it was still on my top 2007 or 2008 list or whatever. It's a, yeah, I would recommend it for sure. It's one that everybody should see, but yeah, even it's, it's a great script in an otherwise bad movie, not in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. In an otherwise bad movie. Yeah, there are lots of those kind of ones, like good movies that have bad scripts. You might disagree, but Prometheus pops in my head. Sure. I think it yeah. is kind of the script that is mostly the problem with that. Because I think yeah. the same director, the same like budget, and well, the same crew working on it, if the script was slightly better, that movie could have been really good. Yeah, they elevated More than slightly, but... <laughs> yeah... <laughs> The visuals of Prometheus, I fucking love. Like, that's the only thing that's yeah. keeping me thinking positively about it is like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there are parts of it that are very atmospheric. That opening shot with the, is he just known as a Promethean? I don't know. The f- white dude oh, is like falling off the waterfall. Such a striking visual that I love so much, yeah, but is. the movie's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There are loads of those, like, yeah. uh, Nolan has his, he's got his kind of quirks in this regard, like the the bits of Interstellar really jump out to me when mm-hmm. it comes to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think of the, the love scene, the love transcends and all this, Ugh. like, that just that kind of murders it for me. 
Yeah, the reason why this question is tricky for me is because I feel like the script is so important out of all the elements in a film. It is a hub. Because like the the other elements is like what you're doing is you're bringing the script to life through the cinematography, through the performances, through the music. You're servicing the script into a film through those mm-hmm. other elements. You're you're the focus should should be the script in some way, depending on what kind of movie you're making, I guess. But yeah, generally speaking, there might be some that I'm not thinking of right now, but I, I feel like if a movie has a bad script, it's a bad movie. If a movie has a good script, it's a good movie, generally speaking. If it's if it's a mm-hmm. if it's an otherwise bad movie like The Man from Earth, then the script elevates it to being a good movie. If it's an otherwise great movie except for the script, a lot of the times the script can make it just the movie just so unenjoyable that it's a bad movie. You know, something like A Quiet Place is like an example of that where it's like, holy shit, it's just so, yeah. you know, like I wish that the entire movie wasn't just conveniences to make noise happen. Like it just makes it feel so stupid. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, acting's fine. It's shot really nice. The creature design's cool. But holy fuck, bad script. It's just can't enjoy it. Yeah. How many really good scripts are there out there? Like it's very hard to write one yeah hateful eight like like that's good mm-hmm. and i feel like the ones that are the best have the most resources behind them because people really care they're like oh yeah. if we're gonna make this film let's make it once and make it really good like the hateful eight which is like something i've actually read a bit of you know that's like a famous one because like tarantino shit all over people who, who read it when it leaked or whatever <laughs> he's yeah. not he's not gonna make it <laughs> yeah and it is like a bottle movie most, mostly about dialogue so the script's incredibly important in that way yeah yeah, like those are more interesting to read. But there's also like screenplays are totally revised and they're completely different, like from first mm-hmm. drafts to how they're released. Um, like you could see a writer on a film and then the final like script is nothing like the one they wrote, even though they're the one credited. Mm. You mentioned Charlie Kaufman writing Chaos Walking. I don't know if he got credit <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, like Nine Lives was a totally different kind of movie. It was supposed to be like a, you know, like a more adult comedy. And then they made it shit. Like they made like a kid's movie. (laughs) That's just what happens. Like they take the basic idea and like, how do they make this marketable? (laughs) You know, how do we make it work for an audience that would see it broadly and we can get like actors in it? it? There's so many variables. Yeah. Making a good screenplay is very hard. I've thought about it now. And I think, I think there's a genre that actually has a lot of, good movies with bad scripts and that mm. would be the horror slasher genre. I was also going to say action. Because mm-hmm. the scripts usually fucking suck. If the movie's good, it's just because it has like good gore and, you know, yeah, but tension I don't know or whatever. Suck. They usually, yeah. So like standard. High Tension had a shitty script. Uh-huh. High Tension had an <laughs> awful script. Yeah, maybe. But it was still a uh-huh. good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Yeah, barely good, depending on how you look at it. I think I think a whole lot of horror slashers have that. You're making me think of Mission Impossible f- fallout oh yeah because i think the execution of it is what makes that movie oh there you go to me yeah the script in that movie does suck you're right (laughs) yeah yeah but that is the art of like the action movie it's supposed to elevate like that standard script it doesn't really matter what the script is so yeah but i mean it's about like it's the art is the action scene or even in a horror movie it's like very visceral experience it's about like the music and the actual sequences themselves where like the guys getting chased down the hallway is that scary it's not about like, well, I guess it is about dialogue too, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. But it needs to be viscerally effective too to stand out. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me, more memorable than the Babadook. 
Even though I like the Bible, right. thing. it's like a really good script. Yeah, there's one scene I really like from the Babadook, but there's yeah. a lot of scenes I like. Is it where he's on the ceiling? And, and the story is very. That's yeah. the book. The book is the <laughs> yeah, best like part of the movie. Is before you actually yeah. fucking yeah, like see actual, anything about the fucking the, maybe the visions of him Babadook. in the movie are a little silly. Yeah, that's like the execution, but the actual story is like very well constructed and yeah, the the allegory is clear. Like, oh, I get mm. what the story's about. Maybe to someone who's not as uh, savvy <laughs> or cynical or whatever. Mm. <laughs> like, they haven't just seen as many horror movies. Or maybe they can't handle a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cause it's just mm-hmm. so fucking loud. That movie's so yeah. fucking loud. And, like, it's like 8mm <laughs> film, I think, or 16. It's, like, grainy as shit. There are movies that are, like, you know, pretty independent of their scripts in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Eraserhead's 30 pages long. Yeah, just, like, barely have a script. Yeah. And still make a good I bet movie. Texas Chainsaw has nothing. I bet this is like barely anything. Yeah. So much changes, I bet, when you're actually working on production. Like, actors say things differently. How about this one from a Just Too Good? What are your favorite TV show movies? Ones released in theaters, like The Simpsons movie, Sex in the City, The Muppet movie, etc. And what TV shows would make for a good movie? Hmm. Just Too Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like a movie. <laughs> if that is if that is the person. No, um my actual answer would probably be uh bigger, longer and uncut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I really like it's that. A good movie. movie. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons movie's really good. No. I like the Simpsons movie. You don't like the Simpsons movie? I mean, no, I liked it when I was younger. I rewatched it for my two thousand seven list just to remember what it was like. And it's fine. I'm certainly I like yeah, I certainly watch it without being angry, but it doesn't have the same it, it's really it's just so not hilarious. Like it was for the time. You know, like spider pig, whatever. Like it gets old so fast. It doesn't have the same draw or cleverness or yeah, or really anything that the original show had. Maybe maybe it's just mm-hmm. because I like the original show so much that watching you know, what were they around right then? It was like season 20-something or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the 20s probably. <laughs> It'd been going on for so long, yeah. Yeah, they should have done the movie earlier because South Park did their movie at like season three or some shit. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. If the Simpsons movie happened sometime within the first 10 seasons, it could have been a fucking awesome movie, I think. And I know most people remember the Simpsons movie positively. I'm just saying... You know, despite having some positive memories in my head, I I watched it again again in the past year and just didn't wasn't big on it. It was fine. Yeah, I watched it for the first quarantine, actually. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I like it more than you, but mm-hmm. I agree in that it's not quite how I remember it from when I was like a kid watching it or whatever when it originally came out. Um, there's definitely some older stuff, and it is missing. It has a bit of that like classic simpsons almost like comic strippy feel but yeah overall there is there's just too much stuff that kind of bogs it down the modern modern simpson stuff that that does kind of ruin it mm-hmm. yeah the, uh, what's the other one they said sex and the city sex and the city <laughs> yeah i haven't fucking seen that what about the spongebob movie <laughs> yeah i love yeah the spongebob movie that's what i have sure. really fun the first spongebob but I think movie it's still was good. fun I haven't seen that since it was released. I, I like both of them. I like the Out of Water. Oh. There's Sponge on the Run, too, that came out this year. Um, I haven't seen that one. Mm. But uh, a Sponge Out of Water is, like, really bizarre. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, it's really weird. strange. It's almost like a stoner movie. 
right? Yeah. Because SpongeBob always kind of had that vibe to it, but it was never so like that movie has like a dolphin in it, like it has a musical number. Like, half really, of it's like two yeah. D animated, half of yeah. it's like three D. It's like an acid trip. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really bizarre. strange. Like time travel. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck's going on? They can just do whatever they want with SpongeBob. It's so abstract. The, the first mm. one's a little more straightforward. I liked it as a kid. Um, Scarlett Johansson is like a mermaid. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, who, who she's else the worst David, ha- David Hasselhoff, of course, yeah, of but there course. was a yeah, character, Dennis. Awesome. Dennis was voiced by uh, the Boss Baby's in it. Yeah, Boss Baby, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin. He's that guy who mm-hmm. grows a mustache. Or whatever. Yeah, it was like a good cast. I really liked the Pokemon movie when I was younger. That's not yeah. Great, well, though. the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, d- I doubt that would hold up now. To be honest, no, of course. <laughs> I mean, it holds up for me. <laughs> In a nostalgic way, I fucking love Pokemon no matter what. I don't care if it's like shitty at any moment. It's just awesome. Do you I still love it? Did you see that weird Netflix movie they released? That's like a short. Oh, there's short a Pokemon Netflix. That. Oh yeah, no, I heard like, about that. It was like that. a short, short remake of the original movie. Yeah, it was all like CG. Yeah, I heard about that. I didn't me. see it. Sounds weird. Yeah, it, like robbed so much personality because that original movie. Like, it seems so cohesive with the, like, games and the cards and everything. I feel like when you just change it into a... And the show, obviously. When you change it into this, like, CG ultra-polished thing, I don't know. It takes some of that charm away for me. Mm -hmm. I like the original artwork and the designs of everything in that original movie. That's what stands in my mind. Yeah, every, every TV show to movie thing that I'm thinking of is not that great, other than maybe the South Park one, but... It really depends on how you define a movie because the series finale mm. of Nathan for You called Finding Francis, I believe is feature length and that was fucking awesome. So that would be my pick if I'm allowed to call that a movie. Mm. I feel like Nathan Fielder considers it to be like a movie basically. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a big special that's feature length and it, it was just fucking, it was the perfect way to end the series. You can't even get mad at him for not continuing it. <laughs> Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me is like a spin-off mm-hmm. movie yeah. based on Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. That was good. I yeah. like that. I've never seen Firefly, but Serenity is a movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I've seen Serenity, and I remember mm-hmm. quite liking it, actually. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just shocked that that movie ever was made. That, that's my... Whenever I'm reminded of Serenity, I'm just like... I thought Firefly was, like, cancelled because yeah. people cared. But they made a movie? Well, yeah, because it was like Family Guy where it got canceled and then the DVD sales were so high because there's a big fan base. And so Family Guy got renewed again after and Firefly got its own movie. So they green like straight, Yeah, straight Based to DVD or something, right? I don't know if oh. it got a theatrical release. Oh, right. I'm not sure because I saw it well after it had come out. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, though, I think, from memory anyway. There's the Kimba movie, the, 90, <laughs> the 1997 movie, Jungle Emperor Leo. That's great. Ralph, what do you think of um, the Sopranos movie prequel they're making? Yeah, it's oh. coming out. I don't know. It's not going to be the oh, same yeah. cast. It's, um, well, in the show, there's flashbacks to, like, uh, Tony's dad and Uncle Junior when they're younger. Mm. They might yeah. be getting those actors. I don't know for sure, but I think it's those guys, and it's about them. I mean, I don't know. It could be fucking fine, but it's going to be totally different. <laughs> you know, I feel like James Gandolfini was like what held that show together, you know? Yeah, and his son uh, is playing him in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, which is I- intriguing, yeah. Yeah, that that is one that could just go either way, I uh-huh. feel like. We'll see. 
You know, mm-hmm. HBO makes good stuff, but then they make the, that Fahrenheit uh, 451, like, adaptation uh, <laughs> with Michael B. Oh. Jordan. <laughs> you seen any of Mandalorian? No. That doesn't... I've watched one episode, you know? I was just like, I'm not feeling this. Really, that first episode isn't great. Mm-hmm. People say it gets better. It does It's get just better. a lot of time investment. And I do like watching shows when they get into the, the thick of it, like five seasons in. They're usually yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I bet it could be cool. It could be something like Game of Thrones, where it's that good. Well, it was more reminding me of, like, just the Westerns. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, the, the production value. Yeah, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that epic storytelling. It is crazy high production value now, but... Yeah, that's pretty much the, the only thing that has that high production value, I think. The Lord of the Rings yeah. show, that'll be good. Yeah, I'm really curious about that too, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm. My gut reaction is to go uh, as well, but I just feel like you have to kind of go in for a project like that, and they clearly are. So mm-hmm. there's going to be something interesting about it, you know. Even if it is a failure, it's going to be on a huge scale. Did you see those articles saying that they're going to have like, like full, like frontal nudity and like sex scenes with hobbits oh. and shit? Yeah, like they're, they're, they, what <laughs> like Amazon is doing right now is they're thinking they want to capitalize on the Game of Thrones demographic, but they have the IP of Lord of the Rings, so they're going to turn Lord of the Rings into Game of Thrones. That's what it seems like <laughs> is going to happen right now. That's why I'm skeptical. Hmm. Well, Netflix has The Witcher, which is like their Game of Thrones. Exactly. And this is all the same shit. It's like medieval. Exactly. So Henry they're going to turn yeah, Lord of the Rings into That's what I'm afraid of, yeah. and that's... But we'll every see what network has their version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Netflix has like a space cowboy kind of thing, like a space pi- or mm. pirate cowboy? Movie? I have no idea. It's like Mandalorian. <laughs> you know, Maybe. it's like they're Mandalorian. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> or it's a show or something. You know, it's either a movie or a show, but it's something I'm that like, they can put up. It's like this is Netflix our Mandalorian. Umbrella Academy. Yeah. They wow. were like their equivalents. Yeah. Yeah. Some things never change. I wish I knew the titles of these things, but they're all so, you know... Generic. I, I just see it as, like, numbers. Yeah, like, Project 7, 2, 8, never, <laughs> 11. Like, this one's yeah. an action, like, genre. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so bland, yeah. All the posters are the same. Yeah, they've definitely gone for a shotgun approach over at Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just see what sticks. Yeah. All right, we got another question. Yeah, let's do this one from Alistair Asmodeus. Have you ever stopped watching a movie because it was too upsetting? Not because it was bad, but because it was too uncomfortable and such. You guys ever experienced that? I don't I only have think once. so. I don't think so. Yeah. But I've never seen Cuties, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all avoided that, I think. But yeah, the only time I experienced that was when I tried to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, really? I just didn't really... I didn't really like the... I think I got to the scene where they just, like, kill a turtle... Yeah, like yeah. a real turtle, and it's just like whatever. I don't really, I wasn't feeling it then, so I just closed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think I've shut off a movie for being uncomfortable if the movie is good enough. It's like, well, yeah, and if it can make me intentionally feel uncomfortable, it usually implies it's doing something kind of right, you know. Hopefully. Yeah, if it's like a horror or thriller or something, maybe if you're feeling uncomfortable in like a a comedy or yeah or even if it's just challenging i like challenging media so mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
Even JC9A asks, what are some pieces of media, movies, games, songs, shows, etc., that you hated initially, but over time grew to like? What are some pieces of media that you initially liked, but over time grew to hate? Hmm. Yeah, not hate, but I've grown an appreciation for things. Like 2001, I think I've said that before. The more yeah. you see it, the more you like it, yeah. Yeah, but I've never one. like hated something like this. Fucking sucks. <laughs> and then like, oh, I, I see the light now. I was wrong. It's usually when I was I younger. Was... Maybe there's like bad kids movies that I liked. But, yeah, uh, like that's that's it. I wouldn't say I, I I hate it now, but I really liked The Dark Knight Rises when it came out mm-hmm. in like Me 2012. Too. Um, but I've kind of ch- changed on that a bit. I actually re-listened to our discussion on it, and I was like oh, yeah. getting annoyed with myself because I just sounded like. I know, like I was annoyed or something. I I was saying things and it sounded like I was being kind of mean. Um, That wasn't my intention. Yeah, it's just weird to, when you're listening to yourself and you're like, why are you saying it that way? Why are you (laughs) you doing this? I just feel like I I feel so differently about the movie now. Like we could talk about it again. It would be like a whole new discussion. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I know that there's movies that uh, I appreciate more being an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can put my finger on which exact movies those are, because a lot of them I didn't hate watching the first time. I just didn't get like maybe I was like bored by it or something. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had like a strong, visceral like actually hate something reaction that I then later love. But yeah, I mean, if you watched movies as a kid, it, there's certainly been things going the other way. I remember, I think even like. 10 years ago or some shit i must have been yeah like 19 years old i i probably i tried re-watching richie rich to see if it held up <laughs> and, and i just got mad and turned it off because it was so bad yeah i have like that sky high <laughs> but i loved that as a kid <laughs> yeah sky high nice mm-hmm. there's some i don't even want to revisit you know because i want to leave it but i think sky high is like okay that's not like list horrible. some more yeah, I'm trying to find like a list or something. Because <laughs> like I'm I'm enjoying just because like we're we're in a little bit of a different generation, and so like I was yeah. old enough to like see a movie like Sky High on the shelf, just be like, I wonder what that's like. But I wasn't in the generation that I would have watched it, sort of thing. That was like Rodriguez, right? No, 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 no yeah. that's not Rodriguez. It feels like a Rodriguez movie. It it's feels like a Disney. Though, okay. It's a Disney Mike Mitchell movie, so it's okay. very like studio, uh, kind of hack job. But it's like fun and like you know it's superhero high school okay the cast is good <laughs> i keep saying that but you know but yeah, it's like at least you've got good the... actors kurt russell's good you know yeah mm-hmm. speaking of robert rodriguez i remembered hating <laughs> spy kids 3 <laughs> going back to it that movie's awesome <laughs> it's, it's hilarious <laughs> that's, it's that's so a, that's awesome that you say that it's <laughs> awesome it's so funny yeah so that's aged. really fun. i guess your tastes are kind of strange too like you love <laughs> that kind of shit yeah, yeah. i do I, I, it's my weakness i'm afraid it's very particular but i, d- I can't get on with the first spike kids though oh yeah i know i know everyone likes the second one because of the tiny dinosaurs and everything but not me yeah i think the only one that i remember any parts of from when i was a kid was probably the third one mm-hmm was the third one the only one on an island, or was there... No, that's the second on one. The third one is when they like go into the video game, and it's all like 3D. Oh. <laughs> no, I have to have remembered the second one then. I don't remember the video game shit. I remember yeah. some island stuff going on. Yeah, but yeah, it's also distant one. that I have no... I, I couldn't really piece yeah. together anything. 
Like B-movie. That was kind of my generation. I saw that when I was younger. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, uh, you know. You liked it? Not, not that I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I would, like, when I first saw it, I would probably rate it like an average, like five stars. Or not, not, yeah. uh, five out of ten. Uh, so, yeah, two and a half out of five. And then now I'd probably rate it one star. <laughs> okay. Now I'd probably rate it two out of yep. ten. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just shit. Yeah. Like, why would I even... <laughs> Like, even for kids, that's just shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a movie where it's like, who is the target demographic yeah. here? Yes. It's memers yeah. now. It's the memers now. It's the I mean, tar- that's not the people target demographic. Like, oh, now it <laughs> that's is. The it's like, oh, B-movie. <laughs> no one... Like, that's the only demographic this movie has. Exactly. It has, it has no strong love. following. Right. Ironic. Like, yeah. you know, Spirited Away is still loved because it's a good film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Yeah. And then Shrek is in between. It's not loved by ironic memers. There's yeah. like ironic and unironic love for Shrek, and then just yeah, completely that, ironic love for B movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think That's the first Shrek genuinely pretty good. It's got some age mm-hmm. stuff in yeah. there, but it's got some good humor, and it's yeah. just, the way it's making fun of Disney is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Shrek Fest someday. It's in Milwaukee. Oh, Shrek Fest! Does everyone like dress up? Oh, as you, Shrek, know, you don't know about Shrek Fest? No, I don't know about Shrek Fest. You're gonna have to film in. There's like no, it's like a a Shrek convention run by people who are also clearly memeing, Um, (laughs) and it's like an outdoor like fucking beer festival. And there's like an onion eating contest, and then everybody's dressed up in really creepy costumes. And like there's there's like obviously there's pin the tail on a donkey and shit. Um, And they like screen movies. They screen Shrek. And then they, you know, the Shrek retold thing online, they, they were responsible for creating that. So the organizers of Shrek Fest organized the whole, everybody do like 30 seconds of Shrek and we'll turn it into, Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like we recreated the first movie. And so, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't realize they were linked. That's cool. Yeah. I want to do Shrek Fest. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do so many things. I've been in my house all year. God damn it. I know. Can't wait. Only another fucking what eight months until traveling <laughs> makes sense again. We'll see. <sighs> we do have a question here about something. Uh, it's a bit of a controversy at the moment. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this. Um, Cherry Rabbit has got this for us. What are your thoughts on the b- backlash Sia got from the trailer for her upcoming movie about an autistic yeah. teenager who is played by someone neurotypical? and the way she reacted to everyone's criticism, do you think the representation of autism in media is awfully minimal and needs to be represented better and have autistic actors play the role of autistic characters? So do you guys know about this? Yes, I do. Mm, go a little more into it. I, I don't know anything about it, really. Okay. So Sia is a fantastic songwriter, singer, musician. Yeah. I love her shit so much. One of very few like prominent pop voices that I unironically think is like super, super talented, amazing that I love. And I've been following her ever since her, like her old folk pop shit since it was used in six feet under. So I've been, I've been paying attention to her for a while. And I actually had this movie on my watch list before this controversy because I was like, oh, Sia's directing a movie. Might as well check this shit out. Mm. And so, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't read every single comment in this Twitter feud that's happening, but the gist of it is basically she releases her trailer. Some people on the internet, because it's Twitter especially, 
get really <laughs> mad that there's someone who's playing a neuroatypical person who might not be neuroatypical in the movie. I think some mentioned like, oh, you should have at least had like some of the proceeds of the film going to like some autism charity or something. I don't really know. People are mad. But what makes it more of a news story, I guess, what makes it more interesting is how how she responded, because it's very clear to me that Sia did not have negative intentions making this film. She did not, you know, make the film to mock autistic people or neuroatypical people or make, you know, she she wasn't doing anything with bad intentions. And so she gets this dose of internet cancer reality thrown her way and mm-hmm. this might be the first time she's dealing with like this much of a backlash about something because otherwise yeah. what would people dogpile her for before this right and so mm-hmm. with her experiencing this seemingly for the first time despite her being a celebrity she's also a real fucking person and so her responses were seen as inappropriate in some ways and like out of touch and a little um I don't know, flippant or passive aggressive. So basically, mm-hmm. one of the comments that she got was like, "Well, uh, how come you didn't cast like a neurotypical, atypical person? I'm, I'm autistic, and I responded to the tweet, uh, casting notice or whatever on Twitter. So I, I should have been in the movie." And then Sia's response was, "Well, maybe you're just not a very good actor." <laughs> yeah. I thought, and it's rude. It's rude, and I can understand yeah. people getting really upset about that. But it's so funny to me because it's at the end of the day, <laughs> it's not like a serious, like seriously yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah, it's fucking Twitter. You know, people are going to be rude to each. It's rude. It's one hundred percent rude. You shouldn't say that. Optics wise, it's a bad idea for her to say that, and she she's yeah. going to get more backlash because of it. But it is kind of fucking funny to me. <laughs> it is still really funny. Yeah, it just gave them the headline that that one tweet. Yeah. Maybe you're just a bad actor. Yeah. It gives them the full story to. Yeah. yeah. And so just like, I don't know, I'm trying to empathize with her being like, well, her emotions were probably really high because she's been working. This is her like directorial debut. She's put her heart and soul into everything she does. Clearly, she has been working on this probably for years, finally releases a bit of it. And people are like canceling her despite the movie not even being out yet because of how they perceive a character as being portrayed or how the casting was in ways where she clearly had no negative intentions. Right. If she did wrong by creating this movie, it was ignorance, not malice. And so I can understand her feeling frustrated and and now lashing out in in ways which, you know, is just on Twitter. Like, oh, you're going to be fucking rude to me. I'll be rude to you. Like, you guys hate me. Like, I'm, you know, that's that's how shit works. She's a human being. So I don't think she's a monster. I don't think she deserves to be canceled. I'll watch the movie. And if it seems insensitive and out of touch and dated, then I'll comment on that and I'll say that. But I mean, I don't, whether or not she makes something that's unintentionally, uh, I don't know, ableist or insensitive, that doesn't necessarily mean she's a bad person. (laughs) So some people are just, you know, ignorant in ways. And that's just a part of human being human. It is quite reactionary considering the movie's not even out yet. And it's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's bad faith in terms of, like, they're just assuming that her intent is, is bad, I guess. Well, it, it's it's different problems coming to a head over, you know, like, one issue. Because th- th- mm-hmm. this problem we're having of, like, in Hollywood, a, a, a repetition of the same kinds of, like, actors and people, you know, getting roles. And that 
you know, there aren't that many autistic actors, clearly. And it's mm-hmm. nice to get more representation. But you're stuck in that weird situation where no one's making the movies. So is it better to have someone make a movie about like the an autistic character and do the research and try and tell it in a kind of, you know, persuasive, not offensive way? Or yeah. do you have to go to the full mile and... Because she even said she she did originally cast an autistic actor, but they found the whole situation of... Because it is incredibly stressful making a movie, being on a set, oh, yeah? everything that's re- required of you, yeah, that she had to recast the, the main actor. Yeah, I, I didn't can even see know that. that. Just pure practicality reasons, I can see that from the kind of making it side to be understandable. But mm-hmm. yeah, controlling the message needed to be a bit more important, I think, because it, it does... It doesn't look good from just from the Twitter side. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to turn the message back after that because people write things off yeah, very exactly. quick. You know, she kind of shot herself in the foot a bit. Yeah, because she could have, if she hadn't said <laughs> anything and waited for the movie to prove itself, maybe if it came out. Yeah, and if she didn't was, respond in any way, yeah, it would have been better. Yeah, but now the the die's kind of been set in terms of that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this is what PR people are for. You know, some some a lot of celebrities don't even control their Twitter accounts. <laughs> you know, the more of a blank slate you are, the better perceived you'll be in public mm-hmm. eye. Yeah, the less of a real person with your own opinions, the better. I guess the the question that comes to my head is more about just the the storytelling aspect and like, does that mean? Say, I wanted to write a story. Does that mean I, I couldn't write a story that has a character with certain disabilities or you know um guillermo del toro likes using the uh, inflictions like that yeah sally hawkins isn't fucking deaf. yeah and i didn't i felt yeah. like that was tasteful and in service of a character and exactly it's all it's all a matter of like how it's presented really it's how you approach it and what your goals are for the film too because like so i watched the trailer and i can see why some people would walk away from it with that impression, like, it's almost, like, kind of exploitative in in a way of, I guess, like, an identity or, you know, I don't know, a a personality type in a way. It's such a short trailer. It's like a minute. Yeah. The the trailer isn't great, but if it is offensive, it seems so in a way that it doesn't understand that that's what it's doing. It definitely gives me a vibe of, like, oh, wow, this movie could have come out in, like, the fucking 90s sort of thing like plot wise yeah like oh she's yeah, so yeah. special it does seem she like likes that. music she doesn't talk you know like it, it might just be a bad trailer it might just be like a shit trailer mm-hmm. we don't know you know what the marketing versus what the film is because it didn't show that much you're absolutely right it didn't show much at all and it's a movie that's basically like she wrote a bunch of songs for it it's a movie that's supposed to be carried by the soundtrack it's supposed to be like a mu- mm-hmm. m- movie with the music of sia movie and she just decided that she wanted to make the main character like an autistic person. And probably out of love, too, which is probably why she's so pissed off that everybody hates her right now and reacting in this way. She probably thought she was doing something really good for people, and now she's just, like, heartbroken. Yeah. So I, I feel a lot of uh, sympathy for her, empathy for her, even if she might be doing things that are, you know, out of touch or offensive. I just, I, I don't think that her heart was in the wrong place. I think, if anything, she's just, you know... Mm-hmm. Needs better marketing I, I or something. Seen the movie, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think the movie. No, yeah, yet. It's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know how how sticky the, this kind of take will be. 
mm-hmm. and when the movie actually comes out. But it's, it is the kind of thing that can just murder a movie now. Like, yeah. bad word before can really set, you know, the the opinion of it. So, yeah, it really like depends on who the demographic is too. Really, I don't know how close the story is to her. Like, if it actually, if she has some experience with, you know, it mentally. Disabled people yeah, or, I mean, she was saying yeah. on Twitter how like she's close with a lot of like neuroatypical people, and a lot of them like worked on the film yeah. or something. But uh, I don't know to what degree that is, or how much of an excuse that is. I don't know. I'm just like, I'll just watch the fucking movie. Yeah, what's, what's the message <laughs> of the film? Right. Yes, yeah, so one of her tweets was um, replying to someone saying. The movie is both a love letter to caregivers and to the autism community. I have my own unique view of the community and felt it is underrepresented and compelled to make it. If that makes me a shit, I'm a shit, but my intentions are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I totally believe her that, like, why why else would she want to make a movie about, like, specifically about autistic person, you know, in in this whole musical, especially with the, you know, the way that the trailer is, like trying to be like oh she's so special in her own way sort of thing like even if it's out of touch in any way it's clearly coming from a a loving place and i can totally understand why she would be devastated that everybody that people are like fucking trying to cancel her over it mm-hmm. but celebrities they got that for like out of touch kind of oscar bait type movies mm-hmm. like even just criticism and yeah yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's how you should. That's the thing, it. though, is we don't know if it's that exactly. way. It's like from a, a minute-long exactly. trailer. At least give them a chance. And if the movie is as condescending as some people feel it is, then I'll be on board. But that, that's uh, more the message. Maybe she should have gave. Give it a chance. Yeah. I think just no, replying yeah. is just a mistake. Not you can't. You can't win. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. For me, it is though. kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> There's... It's just like a na 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 na. You yeah. Like, yeah I mean, it's it's well, a hilarious like, yeah, way to respond. Too. It's not smart. It's like yeah, it's so like immature. Exactly. Know? But she was like, I think that's she was what, like, like Twitter is giving She's back like, what she was impulsive. receiving, sort of yeah. thing. You know, right? Exactly. It's like everybody's like, well, going to be well, immature to me. I'm going to be immature. Yeah, exactly. But then you put it on Twitter, and it's like yeah. Twitter is the least people see it. productive <laughs> place to have any kind of a meaningful yeah. conversation. And there's no especially context, arguments. there's no uh, the tone of mm-hmm. voice, like yeah. all of these nuances oh, yeah. and the way and the character say limits. It, it's just gone. Yeah, you context. can't. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna interpret things in mm-hmm. however you're feeling in like the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so many fucking things I see on my Twitter timeline where I'm like, I disagree with that, and I have the words that I could type right now, and I would feel really good about about owning you like intellectually like almost kind of but i'm like i'm not gonna do that because i don't want this drama i don't want like i don't need to feel that way i don't need that gratification or that sense of self-satisfaction of just you know arguing Mm -hmm. with people and being like my opinion's the right one and this like weird incentive of like oh mine got more retweets like i get to put this (laughs) up on a permanent spot on the internet of me essentially having the snapshot of a moment in time where I have proven that more people agree with me than the person I responded to on this particular issue. It's just so cancerous. This fucking, I so many things wrong. So many social media platforms are just bringing out the worst in people. I hate it. Sorry. It's just, Twitter just murders discourse. It really does. But how can you, like, it's you so can't bad. even talk about the movie. You know, like, not, it's not even about really the movie. It's about, like, political issues related to it you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's just very reactionary you know and like 
this is just reading some of the tweets that like people saying that it's like totally unacceptable and there are no excuses and excuses yeah. that they're sickened by it like this language <laughs> this hyperbole it, it it makes the the any argument you had to begin with seem mm -hmm. ridiculous even though there's no there middle is, ground like, yeah. yeah yeah you're just at war yeah it's ideas at war not yeah. like compromise Mm -hmm. There are genuinely entire communities on Twitter that you should just ignore. Genuinely, there are entire <laughs> yeah. communities of people on Twitter that you should just ignore because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and they don't have anything important to say and they're just looking to get mad at people. You know, there's like been yeah. a couple times where I've angered some mob somewhere and then I look into it, I'm like, none of you have watched any of my videos and you're just looking to be yeah. like, <laughs> when you actually delve into it, it's like, none of you are actually like, watch it. You don't know anything about me, which is a relieving yeah. thing to feel after like people are trying to cancel you for, you know, some random offhanded remark of, you know, saying something about music in, in, in one particular mm -hmm. film that they took to be racist or whatever. And then you go into it. It's like, Oh wait, none of you actually <laughs> care. And you're just trying, you don't even know me. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to realize that after a certain point, who knows how many people Sia interacted with that were just jumping on a bandwagon excuse for an excuse to be upset about something. Right. Who knows where how many of those people were actually her fans or were actually people who were intending on watching the movie in the first place yeah. and then got turned off. Of Once it, it become becomes a headline, mm -hmm. it's it is just an lost. app it becomes on your phone. And yeah. it's kind of fun to kind of just keep posting and replying. There's almost like an impulsive urge to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and they well, if you can the bait big names into replying stuff. to you as uh -huh. well. Yeah, exactly. That's another allure to it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Thousands the more of inflammatory, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like how many comments you get like, oh, good job. This is a good video. Or I'm really excited to see this. But, yeah. Like the inflammatory things are the ones that <laughs> stick exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just stick to shit posts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let way. other people have have crazy arguments. I'll just scroll through those and yeah. be glad that I'm not a part of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do this one then from Lickety Luke. What are your thoughts on slash will you be watching Francis Ford Coppola's recut version of The Godfather 3? The Mario Puzo's Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Personally, I think sure. it's a desperate attempt to make the film seem as perfect as the first two and a few cuts and added scenes here and there aren't going to fix the movie <laughs> it does uh, seem that way mm -hmm. yeah it has become a very marketable thing now to make the director's cut it's become more and more common yeah. the snyder Not cut that i'm opposed to the it Godfather. yeah but it is becoming almost like a just a marketing gimmick like, what fucking leftover footage do we have? And we can yeah. just throw some shitty cut together of the movie. It's not like the Blade Runner cut where they actually tried to make a different movie because they mm -hmm. thought, like, Harrison Ford's narration totally killed it. Like, that's a totally different movie. Yeah, it depends who it's coming from, too. Right. It depends the intent. Like, I think you mentioned Gaspar Noé making one irreversible. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think irreversible is like a really marketable film that like they're making yeah, it for the money or something. Thing, like, yeah. I think they just <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. But this is just so, it's so kind of desperate. Like, yeah, let's just milk whatever money we can out of this fucking thing. Yeah. So you think there's no chance? There's just no chance. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to watch yeah, it. No, I can't with you. Because it would yeah, be. I, I really no. disliked my first viewing of that movie so i really don't want to go back yeah if they cut it down if it was 90 minutes maybe it'd be better to skim through it and not 
like commit to watching the whole thing would be to not really knowing what all the differences are. And I'm not interested enough in knowing how different the cut is to have to watch through that whole movie again. So no, yeah. mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to do it. Maybe they redubbed all of Sophia's lines. <laughs> <laughs> Dad. Yeah, we'll check if there's a preferred version. Maybe it'll be slightly better. (laughs) Oh, the helicopters. There's so much stupid shit. Uh, I think about her death scene quite often, actually. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Oh, sorry, spoilers. I got farther through. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Don't apologize. You just saved somebody a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah, not watching it. It's not going to be good. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. I'm not watching it unless someone no. tells me it's really good or something. No. Did he Even if somebody himself? tells me it's really good, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. No one's going to think that. Ralph, are you going to make your TikTok? Oh, yeah. I got it right here. Yeah, if I can do it. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Just like say whatever the fuck you want and just also say it in the podcast and then it'll be like a nice little like, whoa, you can hear him say like the same thing in his TikTok, but also on the podcast. It's like a sneak, be- <laughs> it's it, like a alive. sneak peek behind uh-huh. the scenes yeah. from whichever one that somebody watches first. So I recorded me saying, "Yeah." Oh, that's it. <laughs> say some more shit. Yeah, I'm, I barely I'm heard sure. you. <laughs> yeah, it should just be like natural conversation. Maybe it should can, be uh, like just start recording right now <laughs> as we're talking at yeah. this moment, and then people yeah, will be so confused. Oh, you're I recording said, right limit now. Reach. Oh. I don't know. I gotta start over. Okay, try it again. How? How? Six, what's the, what's yeah, like the limit on Yeah, like fifteen year olds can use this. <laughs> it's fifteen seconds, or you really? can do a thirty second, or, or a sixty second one. Yeah, you can do sixty yeah, seconds. I swore there, there were like ones TikToks. that were like minute long. No. All right, let me know when you're recording. Yeah, my hair's really a race red look, and I already recorded it. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's good. And that's a wrap. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, you can add some effects on it. Yeah, I haven't even tried this thing. I follow yeah. people on it. Yeah. Okay. It is what it is. Martin Scorsese's daughter is on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> you can make your eyes. She seems like, like she's got a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah she okay. was giving him a Marvel birthday cake for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was pretty <laughs> cool. I do not have a TikTok, but somebody posted that in the subreddit. So. <laughs> and I never will. Take that, China. Bam. You thought you yeah. could steal my information like Google's <laughs> doing already? No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I haven't posted anything. I'm scared of <laughs> It's too late, bro. It's on your phone. I think that about does it for questions and all that. Yeah. I think we got a film recommendation here. Mm. I think it's my turn. And uh, I've decided that I, I would very much like to revisit something that I haven't seen in like probably 10 years. And I don't know if I will think of it positively or negatively, it could go either way. I'm sure both of you have seen it. It is Peter Jackson's King Kong from 2005. And the 4K Blu-ray is out, so I got the 4K Blu-ray already. I got the Xbox 360 game, which I'm going to play on my gaming channel (laughs) if it shows up before (laughs) Sunday. Easiest thousand G. It actually broke my fucking computer. I had the PC game, and I installed it, and like I had to reset my entire... I don't know if you saw my tweet of me being like, oh, fuck, this is to reinstall every program. Yeah, fucking broke my computer trying to do the PC thing. Well, that was because of the King Kong game. Yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) I've installed so many other games. I've installed much older games, things around the same time. I did Catwoman, which was like two years before that one. They all ran fine. 
You know, sometimes it wouldn't like capture properly, but it literally just fucking broke my computer. Yeah, I played that. I played that Ken Kong game. Yeah, it's on GameCube. I had it on GameCube. Yeah, I'll do it on the 360. Anyway, the recommendation is for the 2005 film, but mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you could also watch the original, which I will be doing because I haven't seen yeah, the whole thing from start to finish. I've seen bits of it, and I really kind of know want to. I want to have like a good understanding of like comparing the two of them. So if either of you yeah. want to watch the original from 1933 as well, more than welcome to. It's part of the bigger mm-hmm. discussion if you got the time for yeah. it. There's another one from 76. Yeah, I'm not too. watching that. <laughs> he goes to the World Trade Center. Yeah, that one sucks. You know? It's like a guy in a big gorilla suit. Looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three hours long. Yeah, really? Which one? Yeah, the 2005 one. Yeah, two thousand the Peter Jackson yeah. one. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a good movie. But I, I, I wanna, it. yeah, I wanna, I wanna revisit it and know how I feel. Okay, cool. I don't even have a rating on IMDb. Wow, but I've seen uh, it a cool. lot of times when I was younger. Anyway, if you don't want to be spoiled for All King right. Kong two thousand five or King Kong nineteen thirty three, watch it before the next episode. Uh, these episodes come out every two weeks, and you can listen to them early if you go to sardonicast.com and sign up for premium. It's just $2 a month, and you get these episodes early. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast does the same thing. Also, we got merch link in the description. Christmas is coming up. You've got you've got people that want sardonicast merch, right? Well, guess what? It's Christmas time, and you sh- that's a season where you give people gifts, and th- the merch is something you could give them as a gift, so you should do that. Give us your money. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just end it there. Yeah, the, the King Kong Thirty Three is very short. It's very short. It's only like ninety minutes. I think. It's oh like yeah, much shorter than the Peter Jackson. Yeah, there movie. we go. Well, they don't even get off the boat till. Like I'll be watching hours. both of them anyway. I'll probably do like <laughs> yeah. one a week. Oh. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Have a have a good week.